hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in today. Today is July 25th, 2020. I'm David Israel. And this is The Godcast. How's everybody feeling today? Well, I hope that you're doing great. I know a lot of you are out there doing what you can to survive, to make better choices for yourselves, to do just generally better in your life, right? Well, I hope I find that you're feeling good, that you're surrounded by loved ones, that you're surrounded by good people. And that you have love all around, whether you see it or not. God really loves you. And so do I. message for you from God he has a lot on his mind are you ready for this message today's word from father's heart my heart to yours. I hear the Father say that I'm hastening my word to perform it in your life. You've been on hold. You've been knocking at the door. But now the clouds of adversity roll back and the heavens radically open to you. The weightness of my glory will be seen in your land, says God. For I'm working and I'm driving down pillings of strength and you deeper than ever before so this is to sustain not the burden of new problems or difficult things but to enable you to endure my pressed down shaken together and running over goodness in your behalf see I'm pressing into you says God with all my goodness as you press into me with all your faith I'm packing into your life and your situation every good thing with my yes and amen favor. Yes, says the father, the fish with the gold coin in its mouth is jumping into your boat to pay the debt and clear the obligations that you've carried for so long. You will burn the mortgage and pay off those financial instruments. And from this day forward, you will be known as the lender and not the borrower. You will lend to many and not borrow. For I'm setting you high above the high places of the earth. And you will tuck your head in shame no longer. I'm shaking things in your life and I'm shaking all things that can be shaken, not to take away from you, but to add to you and multiply in you all the entitlements of my kingdom. Oh, 
You'll take the prey and divide the spoil. Others may reel like drunkards and worry and confusion, but I'm bringing clarity of understanding in your mind and bold faith in your heart to seize the prize. You will dance and you will rejoice in the outcome. I bring as you stand in the winner's circle with the garlands of victory laid on your shoulders. So go on, conqueror. You will conquer and you will be more than an overcomer. You will move from always being in trouble to always being in triumph from this moment. Enlarge, go ahead and enlarge your expectations. Let no one small-minded plan remain in your thinking. For in the days ahead, you're gonna have to build and extend and enlarge beyond your current understanding and plans. See, regarding what the future holds, that's what it's gonna be regarding. So the boundaries and the borders of your anticipation are now running over. You're swimming in the overflow of my goodness that more than meets the demand. I'm not just satisfying needs here. I'm putting you into an outflow of massive surplus. Yes, there will be pressure. There'll be pressure, but it will be the pressure of success and not the pressure of failure. For those days are over, says Father. I've decreed it, you've believed it. And now, the performance of all that was promised is manifesting in your life. Today, where you are now walking in life, you will not be able to take a slide rule or a tape measure with you. Check your rationale at the door and say to your human spirit, hear the word of the Lord. Now hear this, I'm the God that never planted anything in a row. The things that I'm doing in your life will seem very disconnected and not related to what you think your most significant issues are. See, I'm asking you to trust me, trust me for the unknown part of it, because I have priorities and purposes. I'm working out things that you agreed to when you were with me in the eternities before the foundation of the world was laid out. See, I've called you. I've anointed you. And this day I'm announcing you in the boardrooms of the angelic princes of the earth to take notice of who I am in you and to work in concert with that image and not what you look like in the natural. So stop looking back at the way things were past successes, they are nothing, failure, guilt trips, get over it, that has nothing to do with what I'm setting you up to do and receive, there is reward, says God, but you're going to have to shake off all the dust of past disappointments that cling to your feet, for you cannot walk where I'm taking you with feet that are unwashed from the things of the past, you are not a time-bound creature. You're not a time-bound creature. You're a new creation brought forth directly through the new birth into a linear world that I've given you total authority over in Christ. 
So say it. I challenge you to decree and see if I will not even allow one word from your lips to fall to the ground. It's time to put the bit of my wisdom into the mouth of your ego. For I create the fruit of the lips. And you are now walking into a seed fruit harvest season with everything you say and do will become as defective, defective. As if I said it or did it, says Father. You know it, you know it. Man, you guys got it so good. Great all the time. Can I get a yes and amen? Hallelujah. You know, God is really amazing. He really knows how to show up when you need Him to. For He's... He'll make things seem too real just to get His point across. How many of you guys can relate, you know, to the, to the whole process of letting go? I know I have. I've related many times. It's not easy to let go. It's not easy to move on. It's hard. But sometimes you gotta do what's best for you. And to remain true to yourself. Be you. That's in the word beautiful, so. Be you to full. You are beautiful. And you need to just be you. People will love you so much more. And you're yourself. I have faith in you. I believe in you. You can do this. You gotta believe. To receive. So I want you to believe that God's got his back. God's got your back, okay? He's not going to let you fail. He's not going to let you flunder. He's not going to let you take on more than what you can. He's not going to give you more of something if he knows that you can't handle it already. Because he's not out to get you. He's not out to put you out for failure. He's there to set you up for victory, if anything. It's going to be for your betterment. Even when you think it's not. He knows what's best for you. Your steps are ordered. It's time to walk out everything that you've walked yourself into. How many of you have walked yourself into something that you feel you need to walk yourself out of. We do it all the time, don't we? 
instead of doing things his way, we do it our way. If you do things your way, eventually you're going to probably hit a, a wall and you'll have to turn right back around and start over. But when you go and do things his way, his way, the roads are wide open. branching out in you today I'm pushing myself out through your branches and bearing fruit on the boughs of your own faithful yieldness to me the fruit you bear in me will remain says father the fruit that I bear in you will bring you to my muchness I'm more than enough I'm a more than enough God I'm not an anemic God I don't answer anemic prayers the fruit of grace manifests on the lips that make audacious claims upon my grace it is so boring to listen to such anemic prayers, says God. Don't pray a weak prayer. Pray the prayer that raises the eyebrows of heaven. Pray the prayer that provokes angels to volunteer to get involved in answering that audacious thing that you've asked of me. Ask largely. Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it with myself and fill your life with the fruits of my fidelity towards you and in your behalf. It's water walking time. It's time to jettison the worldly wisdom of those who don't know why their prayers go unanswered. The prayers that the process, they pray the process and refuse to leave the outcome to me. I want you to pray the outcome and leave the process to me. Do you understand, says the Father? Don't tell me how to answer, for that is a prayer that will go unanswered. Pray out the things that you desire and leave the means and methods to me. I have a ways and means committee, says the Father. Just make sure that you're willing to cooperate with my methods, for they'll shake every element in you and in your life that is contrary to my character and my kingdom. The process is turbulent, but the end is peace and prosperity and plenty. Trust me, says God. Let me take it from here. See, I'm bringing many of sons to glory and the glory is in you in you I'm manifesting who I am the scepter of my rule is within you and upon you bringing the earth into a new and conspicuous accountability to my throne open your mouth wide let your prayers no longer be the weak anemic ones of times past so pray those big audacious prayers that we just talked about and I want you to to shout from the rooftops that which only you dare to whisper I am that I am says the father my greatness is pouring out upon you in a fresh rain of my spirit refuse to be distracted or distraught 
in the midst of the waves crashing and the storm howling to keep your attention on me and just keep walking on the waters of adversity for it is my hand that beckons you listen to my voice and not the empty threats of the enemy put on the Christ mentality and expect me to endorse your faith as I have in times past I'm no respecter of persons but I am a respecter of faith see when you do with your faith what others have done with their faith you will see the same results I am the same yesterday today and forever and in your life you will see my sameness and my glory and my power for that I might determinate my determinate counseling in your behalf and it will not be overthrown see I'm bringing you up and bringing you up and out of here God's making a move and today I'm bringing you a new and fresh dimension of intimacy with me your intimacy with me is the most intimidating thing about you to the enemy of your soul I declare you to be the recipient of my goodness and my kindness and my kingdom says father see I'm taking you past the outer precinct of my purposes for your portion is the be more than an outer court believer neither will the inner court hold any fascination for you I'll bring you past the rent veil into the mercy seat environment where my glory resides so friends co-workers family entanglements must not impede you from hastening to the place that I've set aside for you in my glory have I not said I went away to prepare a place for you put not that afar off says the father for the glory realm is a future destination yes but an inward now reality for you to enter into and partake of all that is afforded you there every prayer you will ever pray is inventoried in the glory and the glory is in you waiting to find its way out into your life as manifest answers come into my glory place says the father this is your native habitat as a child of God whom I call my beloved you're not an outer court type of Christian or spiritual being you have done your time in the outer courts of my purposes and I'm calling you deeper the deeps of my spirit are calling you into unknown territory in your walk with me the outer court experience is not sufficient to satisfy the cry of your heart your place is here by me in a renewed intimacy beyond what you have known in times past the Shekinah awaits my glory is your portion come deeper beloved come deeper into the holy of holies where my presence is the only illumination in the holy of holies you will find the way open to a deeper worship than you have ever known this is what the enemy has tried to distract you from he doesn't want you to see the depth of my spirit with me he doesn't want you to become lost in the glory he knows he cannot reach you where I'm inviting you now 
So come away, my beloved. Come away, my beloved. Come away, my beloved. Come deeper. Seek out more complete and full experience in me. The price has been paid. Your omission is secured. You will not be rejected and you will not be turned back. This is your portion and my delight is to bring you here to me in a new dimension of truth and intimacy and renewal. I'm your protection and your defense. So come on, beloved. Security is not in your situation. Your stability is not in your job. Your help does not come from the banker or a doctor or, or any human instrumentality. When all these fail you, I'm the strength of your countenance and your higher tower. I've seated you in the heavens far ab above the din and despair of the challenges that you face today. I've made you a principality in the earth and given you authority to speak in my name. I will be petitioned of you at my throne and I will endorse the decrees you make upon the earth. It's a new day, says the Father. The strong prayers of yesterday are the weak prayers of today. Put the blade of your mouth to the west stone of my word. Let your mouth pray. Let your words be stout against your enemies. The time of advance of my kingdom is now, and the battle is set in array. There's a shaking and upheaval coming. I've secured you so that there will be no loss. Look to my hand and my strong right arm. I'll shelter you and be your surety even this day. Your prayers are the ink that angel requisitions are written in. Your prayers are the directors of heaven and the arbiters of answers come to earth. Let your mouth pray. Let your words be profuse and passionate and sincere, says Father. I'm listening. My ear is ever bent low to hear and to acknowledge and to respond to the cry of your heart. There's not one small concern of your life that I am inattentive to. There is not one nuance of need or desire or passion that I have not taken note of. I'm working, and I'm moving, and I'm never late. This is your time of increase, and time of proclamation, and time of decree to make known your expectation of my faithfulness and fullness in my favor. You are the recipient, the garland of favor lay upon the shoulders today. You're favored and you will, you will see my fullness and my faithfulness and the answers that you have so longed for. It's who I am and what I do. You will not be disappointed. You will not be shamed or denied in any way. For I am on hand to manifest my salvation in your land.
Sharada Basea Manoso de Abapara Satutona Melaco de Ana Sayabarón Chabaradone e Semeana Bacarabara e Semanaru Licola Soto Totonaya Li Iki Maxan Chabaro Bocola Mana Isaia Leque se Semeana La Merhuscainte Abarón Chikimana Sototoporo Ikimiara Sototopada Tikmiyanse Shamayatotse Pipiasa Fela Monototianaba Shabarodo Dalam Shamara Hakshabaya Taroskunta to Peridan Go ahead, clap your hands over the enemy. It's an act of war, is what it means. See, I'll be made known in your life as the most high this day. The enemy of your soul will be subdued. The nations you will tread under your feet, for I've given them to you as your inheritance. The excellency of the portion that I've chosen for you will be made manifest. There will be no other outcome. As I've gone up with the shout, so my roar will be heard in the land and the conflict that you're facing this day. For I am your shield and I am your strong defense in the day of battle. Sing praises, even the battle anthems of my kingdom. Let them be on your lips, as I am king over all the earth. Know that I've made you to be a king and a priest in like manner. Kings have kingdoms. I've given you rule as part of the purchase price of Calvary. Ruling and reigning begins now. You have jurisdiction, says Father, over all the work of the enemy. And let it be. So let your mouth speak. Let your words be stout against the adversary, for he will be brought to defeat, and your eye will see it and be glad. For I'm your deliverer and your strong tower. Even today... See, I'm lifting up my standard against the enemy at your gates. My spirit is counter-attacking the assaults against you and in, in a moment of time, bringing unapparelled deliverance, miracles, and healing in your life beyond all expectations that you have ever had. Know that I'm in control. Yes, but you are in authority. You must authorize me. You must authorize me. So, again, know that I'm in control. Yes, says Father, but you are in authority. You must authorize me by your faith and your confidence. You authorize me to act in your life when you refuse to look to other things for that which you should look to me for. Reject the false securities and false dependencies of things around you and the people around you, even your bosom. Companion, even your bosom companion.
Your boss and companion can become an idol, says the father. Never let this happen. Keep your affection set on me above all things. In so doing, you are then free to love unconditionally, for I have become your all in all. See, you're a king and a priest to me. Are you a king? Then where's your kingdom? If you have no jurisdiction on the earth, then you are a puppet king with no real power, and the devil will know it and run over your life with impunity. I say to you that your life is your jurisdiction. Your family is your jurisdiction. Not to rule over them, but to militate against all the works of the enemy seeking to make their life and your life something other than the life and life uh, more abundantly. We'll return after this. Motorcycles make everything exciting. And when Geico makes it easy to switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting. I'm gonna fold all my socks into little balls. Yeah! Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome back. Thank you guys. So mount your offense this day against all downturn and disappointment. Rebuke the headwinds and the storms coming against you or those you love. Stand up amid the winds, the waves and the issue, the command. And I will back up your word and rain down my power to bless and bring you into the sudden glory and all those who audaciously put their expectations on me. Father says that I'm not the opposer. See, I'm the helper. I'm not opposing you. I am loving you. I'm not holding out on you. I'm giving to you. In fact, I gave everything to you that I could possibly give 2,000 years ago on Calvary. Adversity never originates in your life by my hand. This is the work of the adversary, and you know who that is. I'm the father of life, but he is also a father. Satan is the father of things that theologians and counsels of the uninformed insist originate in me. So again, the theologians, the councils of the uninformed insist that the devil originates in me. Satan, that Satan is the father of the things. So get this down deep in your heart. I'm not the opposer. I will never say no to what the cross says yes to. 
The cross says yes to life and life more abundantly. The cross says yes to healing. The cross says yes to provision and increase. The person who says otherwise may have authority, but that authority and depth of relationship are illegitimate in your life when that person speaks contrary to my promise. Beloved, I have so love that I gave and I give. I gave even heaven's darling to meet your most profound need. Why would I deny you any lesser blessing? If I didn't withhold from you my very son, tell me, what smaller gift would I refuse to give to you? I'm a giver. I so love that I give. I'm giving and giving and giving to you every day. You wake up to my gift. You walk through your day in my giftedness. And while you sleep, I'm, I'm lading your tomorrows down with every good and perfect gift. I never waver from this in spite of what others say. That is the work of my spirit and the operation of my spirit in you and through you and around you. Why would I say no to your lesser needs when I said yes to your greatest need in a way that resounded through the eternities and set you up for great promotion and increase beyond all expectation? Embrace the truth of my positive love towards you in all things, says the Father. So I'm seeking that which was lost. And loss may be part of the natural life of natural men, but in Christ, there's no loss. Detraction is not in my repertoire. I'm the giver. I so love that I gave. It doesn't read that I so love that I took. The only things that I'm taking away from you are those things that originate in the one who kills and steals and destroys. I'm not the destroyer either, says the Father. I'm not the thief, and I don't need the last enemy that is death to accomplish my purposes. Separation is death. I am not separating you from myself. Beloved, I'm bringing you to a place of oneness with my spirit and in my kingdom. Seek to be at one with me. Receive the at-one-ment Receive the at one mint. Receive the at one mint that was paid for on the cross. There's no separation between Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Let there be no separation in your life from this one or the one who may be living in conflict with you. So, just because you cannot be that one or that you are estranged from one you you love doesn't mean that you have lost out. You only lose, beloved, when you choose not to love. Have you learned how to love? In love, there is only union and communion. Outside of love is segregation, wounding and estrangement. Step out of the victim mentality and into the ascendancy of love. Love never fails, and love will not fail to supply, to restore, 
and mend that which is broken in those difficult relationships, says the father. When, when you gave your heart to me, When you gave your heart to me, I purified my mercy seat in your heart. The blood of the cross was applied in you as well as for you, says Father. The former covenant was one of separation, but the new covenant brings atonement and makes you one with my spirit. Allow me this day to pull down this sense of separation you feel from my person. Come into intimate communion and know me as the I am that I am. The blood of animal sacrifices maintain the shadow, but the blood of the sun brings substance. I would that you drink deeply of my substance and know the fullness of what the cross has accorded you. Now, I'm not withholding myself. Or any other thing from you, says Father. In the depth of the sun, I permanently opened the treasuries of heaven to your disposal. So it is, yoke easy, burden light. It's that kind of time, yoke easy, burden light kind of time. Are you going to believe what the circumstance says or what I have promised? Draw close to me. There's no veil of separation any longer. Prostrate yourself before the mercy seat I've placed within you. Receive cleansing and allow me to gather you to myself in a deeper intimacy. I will wash you, says the Father. I will cleanse and forgive and deposit the fullness of myself in you. I want you to know the substance of what I've done for you and not just the shadow. I didn't go to the cross just so you could know about me. I want you to taste and see that I am good. I want you to know more than any Old Testament saint, the fullness of my intervention in your life. The exploits and adventures you read about in the Old Testament pale in comparison to what I've already written into your life and destiny. When you read about those who quenched the violence of the sword and, and felled giants and wrought righteousness under the Old Covenant, remember this, that is nothing compared to what I'm prepared and willing to do in the New Covenant. So if the Old Covenant saints did such things under the sprinkling of the blood of bulls and goats, how much more are you empowered to do under the sprinkling of the precious blood of the Son? I know that hasn't been your experience, says the Father, but realize this, the level of your experience is subject to change.
The blood of Christ has made you near to me, though, and this past work, not a present process. Natural minds want to cry out, Lord, bring me near your soul. Lord, bring me near you. I say to you this day, I've already made you as near as you could possibly get. I'm calling you. Lay aside an old covenant paradigm. Lay aside an old covenant paradigm and walk in the fullness of the new covenant way of seeing yourself in your relationship with me. In the old covenant, I said, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. In the new covenant, I said, I have made you near to me by the blood of the Son. In the old covenant, I said, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. In the new covenant, I invite you, receive the cleansing of the blood of the Son. In the old covenant, I said, the unrighteous would be destroyed without remedy. In the new covenant, I say, I am your righteousness, your peace, your power, and your joy. The law is good if you use it for its intended purposes, says Father. I gave the law to bring you to the end of yourself so you would look to me. Stop trying to cleanse yourself and shape yourself according to the dictates of religious performance. I haven't called you to be merely reformed, says Father. I have called you to receive transformation and renewal in me. The old covenant made demands upon what you do. In the new covenant, I'm transforming who you are. You're no longer a child of wrath, says Father. You're my beloved child that I bring into a place of favor and approval. Do you get that? Acting the activating the language of the covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 29 in this chapter we see the entirety of the first five books of the Bible is actually the verbiage of terms of an elaborate covenant that God makes with his people even for the New Testament believers there is an implied command to respond to the intent and purpose of God in giving us the Old Testament as well as the New many believers either outright or in fact functionally reject the old as relevant to their lives nothing could be further from the truth as this chapter will show us these are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb Two, and Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh, and unto all his servants, and unto all his land, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you an heart to perceive, an eye to see, an ear to hear, unto this day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxed 
are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy foot. Ye have not eaten bread, neither have ye drunk wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. And when ye came unto this place, Sihon and king of Heshbon, and Oji the, the king of Bashan, came out against us unto battle, and we smote them, and we took their land, and gave it for an inheritance unto the Rubabites, and to the Reubenites, and to the Gadadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them, that ye may prosper in all that ye do. The whole premise of the relationship between God and the Hebrews was that of covenant. The very writing of the law was in the context of the covenant. In the ancient world, when two parties would establish a covenant, there was a writing made that a third party would take custody of to remind the covenant makers of regarding the terms of the agreement if necessary. Normally this would not be a very long or complicated set of terms. In this case the enormity of the writing was remarkable and significant. The complexity of the writing of the covenant was an, was an indicatory to the Hebrew people of the immensity of the blessing connected with it. The fact that the writing was a covenant conveyed, and perhaps for the first time in human history, the idea of a sacred, though not magical, text which separates scripture from the book of spells and witchcraft that were present at the time and still pre prevalent today. How do we keep the words of the covenant? Most of us are not Jewish. Some of us are proselytes of Judaism. Most of the tenets of the law beyond the Ten Commandments are not particularly relevant to the modern life or Western culture. We could adopt a form of compliance to the Torah but that would practically only serve to render us obscurance. We'd be obscurantist. So remember this, that for the culture into which the law was first given, these things were very relevant to the 
to the everyday life of the people. What is the relevance then for us in regard of this ancient law? Well, Paul, he makes it plain for us. It says it in Galatians 3.24, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So over and over, Paul used the Old Testament as a similitude. A similitude and a metaphor to speak to the believer about who Jesus is to them and what their place is in the kingdom. So back to the question. If we keep the law, what is the promise? That we shall prosper. The implication of the incentive is that God wants you to prosper. This can't be said enough. Ye stand this day, all of you before the Lord your God, and your captains of your tribes, your elders and your officers, with all men of Israel. 11. Your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, for the hewer of thy wood, unto the drawer of thy water, that thou shouldest enter into the covenant with the Lord thy God, and into his oath, which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God, as he hath said unto thee. And he has sworn unto the father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God and all with him that is not here with us this day. Of the very remnants of remarks Jesus made in John 10:16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them and I also must bring, and they shall hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. And I say, I rebuke these words, all of these words. Because it doesn't make sense. This is the enemy. That's not how the Lord would say it. That's not how God would say it. So I rebuke these words in Jesus' name. I say God is greater and will make known what is right from wrong.
You will not change the word of God. To live in heaven is the title of what we're going to be talking about right now. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ, live in Christ. But they retain or rather find their true identity, their own name. For life is to be with Christ, where Christ is, there is life, there is the kingdom. By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has opened heaven to us. The life of the blessed consists in the full and perfect possession of the fruits of the redemption accomplished by Christ. He makes partners in his heavenly glorification those who have believed in him and remain faithful to his will. Heaven is the blessed community of all who are perfectly incorporated into Christ. This mystery of blessed communion with God and all who are in Christ is beyond all understanding and description. Scripture speaks of it in images, life, light, peace, wedding, feast, wine of the kingdom, the Father's house, the heavenly Jerusalem, paradise, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Because of this transcendence, God cannot be seen as He is unless He Himself opens up His mystery to man's immediate contemplation and gives him the capacity for it. The Church calls this contemplation of God in His heavenly glory the Beatific vision, beatific vision. So how great will your glory and happiness be to be allowed to see God and be honored with sharing the joy and salvation and eternal light with Christ your Lord and God, to delight in the joy of immortality in the kingdom of heaven with the righteous and God's friends. Saint Cyprian. Saint Cyprian. Cyprian is how you actually pronounce it. In 1 Corinthians 13 12, we see now through a glass in an obscure manner, but then face to face. Now I know this part, but then I shall know even as I am known. Dearly beloved, we are now the sons of God, and it hath not ye yet appeared, but we shall be. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like to him, because we shall see him as he is. And there shall be no curse any more, but the throne of God and and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. They shall see his face, thus in a few words is expressed the happiness of the blessed in heaven, 
They shall see God, from which vision proceed love, joy, and everlasting praises of the divine majesty. In the glory of heaven, the blessed continue joyfully to fulfill God's will in relation to other men and to all creation. Already they reign with Christ with him. They shall reign forever and ever. Revelation 22, 5. In Matthew 25, 21, 23, there will be activities in heaven to engage man's highest facilities and faculties. For one thing, there will be governmental ministries. The spirit of just men made perfect will be in the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the company of many thousands of angels. And men are to assist in governing the whole. Thus, in the parable, of the nobleman, the good servant, who has been faithful in a very little on earth, is in heaven to be given authority over ten cities. In Matthew, the servant who had been given five talents, and who had gained beside them five talents more, is told, Well done. To discover more music, check out Discover Weekly, the playlist made just for you based on your taste, and release radar. soy milk. Call me this fine. Okay. But then your boss tells you to switch offices with Jeff. But and when buying a car, you know you have to compromise. Well, what it. about the all-new Nissan Sentra? Um, it's radically redesigned with zero gravity seats, a quilted leather interior, and it has the most standard safety features in its class. So, no compromise then. Okay. Refuse to compromise with the all-new Nissan Sentra. Ward segmentation, 2020 Sentra versus latest in-market economy compact class competitors. See owner's manual for safety information. Availability of features vary by vehicle model year, model, trim level, packaging, and options. Base models compare. Based on manufacturer's websites. Well done. Though good and faithful servant, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Perhaps new songs are to be written and sung. Revelation 5.9 The redeemed from the earth, too, are to learn a new song. And the kings of the earth are to bring their glory and honor into it. So while there is to be on the part of the redeemed a conscious or continuance worship in heaven. It seems to be in the sense that all activities engaged in will be for the sole glory of God and will therefore partake of the nature of worship. The Bible tells us at the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They'll be like the angels in heaven. This was Jesus' answer in response to a question concerning a woman who had been married multiple times in her life. Whom would she be married to in heaven? Evidently, there will be no such thing as marriage in heaven. This does not mean that a husband and wife will no longer know each other in heaven. This also does not mean that a husband and wife could not still have a close relationship in heaven. What it does seem to indicate, though, is that a husband and wife will no longer be married in heaven. So, most likely there will be no marriage there, because there will be no need for it. Instead, we will be married to Christ, and we will belong to Him forever. When God established marriage, He did so to fill certain needs. First, He saw that Adam was in need of a companion. And the Lord God said, It's not good for man to be alone. Let us make him a help like unto himself. Genesis 2.18 See, Eve was the solution to the problem of Adam's loneliness, as well as his need for a helper. 
someone to come alongside him as his companion and go through life by his side. In heaven, however, there'll be no loneliness, nor will there be any need for helpers. We will be surrounded by multitudes of believers and angels, and all our needs will be met, including the need for companionship. Second, God created marriage as a means of procreation and the filling of the earth with human beings. Heaven, however, will, know, will not be populated by procreation. Those who go to heaven will get there by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They will not be created there by means of reproduction. Therefore, there will be no purpose for marriage in heaven since there is no procreation or loneliness. Heaven is a real place described in the Bible and it, the word heaven is found 238 times in the New Testament alone. Scripture refers to three heavens. The Apostle Paul was caught up to the third, but he was prohibited from revealing what he experienced there. If a third heaven exists, there must also be two other heavens. The first is most frequently referred to in the Old Testament as the sky or the firmament. This is the heaven that contains clouds, the area that birds fly through. The second heaven is interstellar outer space, which is the abode of the stars, planets, and other celestial objects. In the third heaven, the location of which is not revealed, is the dwelling place of God. Jesus promised to prepare a place for true Christians in heaven. Heaven is also the destination of Old Testament saints who died trusting God's promise of the Redeemer. Whoever believes in Christ shall never perish, but have eternal life. The Apostle John was privileged to see and report on the heavenly city. John witnessed that heaven, the new earth, possesses the glory of God. Revelation 21.11 The very presence of God, because heaven has no night, and the Lord himself is the light, the sun and the moon, and are no longer needed. Revelation 22.5 The city is filled with the brilliance of costly stones and crystal clear jasper. Heaven has twelve gates and twelve foundations. The paradise of the Garden of Eden is restored. The river of the water of life flows freely, and the tree of life is available once again, yielding fruit monthly with leaves that heal the nations. However eloquent John was in his description of heaven, the reality of heaven is beyond the ability of finite man to describe. Heaven is a place of no mores. There will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. There will be no more separation because death will be conquered. The best thing about heaven is the presence of the Lord and Savior. We will be face to face with the Lamb of God who loved us and sacrificed himself so that we can enjoy his presence in heaven for eternity. Upon dying, Each soul goes to what is called the particular judgment where its own afterlife is decided. Heaven and purgatory straight to heaven or hell. This is the difference from the general judgment also known as the last judgment, which will occur when Christ returns to judge all the living and the dead. It's a common Catholic belief that St. Michael, the archangel, carries the soul to heaven. The belief that St. Peter meets the soul at the the pearly gates is an artistic application of the belief that Christ gave St. Peter, the first pope, the keys to heaven. Catholics see the Mass as heaven on earth. In Christianity, belief in Jesus and proper works are always considered necessary and go hand in hand. 
Sin of earth must first be cleansed through purgatory before one can enter heaven. This is valid for venial sin only, as mortal sin can be forgiven only through the act of reconciliation and repentance while on earth. Jesus tells people over and over in the gospel that only those who believe in him will be saved. Thus, the non-believers are excluded from heaven until they receive the Christian faith. Our Father desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He is forbearing towards you, not wishing that any should perish. His commandment is that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This commandment summarizes all the others and expresses his entire will. As heaven is a place where only the pure are permitted, no person who dies in a state of sin can enter heaven. Those who died in God's grace and friendship and are perfectly purified live forever with Christ. Chastity is a mortal virtue. It is a shortcut in heaven. It also a gift from God, a grace, a fruit of spiritual effort. It is also a gift from God, a grace in a charity, a joy, a peace, a patience, a benignity, a goodness, a longanimity, a mildness, a faith, a modesty, a, conti uh, a contingency, a uh, chastity. The Holy Spirit enables one whom the water of baptism has regenerated to imitate the purity of Christ the pure in heart are promised that they will see God face to face and be like him purity of heart is the precondition of the vision of God even now it enables us to see according to God to accept others as neighbors it lets us perceive the human body ours and our neighbors as a temple of the Holy Spirit a manifestation of divine beauty Those who died in God's grace and friendship, imperfectly purified, although they are assured their eternal salvation, undergo a purification after death, so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of God. If one were baptized validly and then died, one would go directly to heaven. In the Catholic belief, the sacrament of baptism dissolves the eternal and temporal punishment of all sins. But if one never committed a mortal sin and were absolved of all one's vinyl sins, venial sins, just before death, one would go directly to heaven. Most people who would enter heaven do so through purgatory or process of purification. In purgatory, a soul pays off all temporal punishment one deserved for the sins he committed in life. This does not always happen, though. If one receives a sacrament and confession validly, as well as gains a plenary of indulgence and dies, one would directly go to heaven. There are many ways to get an indulgence. In, very, in various papal decrees or publications to receive a plenary indulgence, one must receive a sacrament of confession validly, validly do one's penance. 
penance, sorry. Pronounced that word wrong. So it's to do one's penance validly and receive communion. Say some specified number of Lord's prayers, angelic salutations, and minor docologies for the intentions of the Pope, and then perform some act of gaining the indulgence. Of course, one must remain free from all sin, mortal and vinyl, or I'm sorry, venial, while doing all these things. There is a heaven. Let me tell you, it is real. God will bestow happiness and the richest gifts on all those who depart this life free from original sin and personal mortal sin and who are consequently in the state of justice and friendship with God. On the lot of those who died free from personal sin but infected with original sin, see limbo. See the word limbo. On the immediate beginning of eternal happiness after death or eventually after the passage through purgatory, see particular judgment. See the word particular judgment. The, someone shout particular judgment. Someone shout limbo. Awesome. The existence of heaven is, of course, denied by atheists, materialists, pantheists in all centuries, as well as by those rationalists who teach that the soul perishes with the body. In short, by all who deny the existence of God or the immortality of the soul. But for the rest, if we, ab if we abtract from the specific quality and the supernatural character of heaven, the doctrine has never met with any opposition worthy of note. Even mere reason can prove the existence of heaven or of the happy state or of just in the next life. We shall give a brief outline of the principal arguments. From these we shall, at the same time, see that the bless of heaven is, ex is eternal and consists primarily of the possession of God and that heaven presupposes a condition of perfect happiness in which every wish of the heart finds adequate satisfaction. God made all things for his objective honor and glory. Every creature was, was to manifest his divine perfections by becoming the a likeness of God, each according to its capacity. But man is capable of becoming in the greatest and most perfect manner a likeness of God when he knows and loves his infinite perfections with a knowledge and love and nogalus and loves his infinite perfections with the knowledge and a love and nogalus to God's own love and knowledge. Therefore, man is created to know God and to love Him. Moreover, this knowledge and love is to be eternal. So, for such is man's capability and his calling, because his soul is immortal. Lastly, to know God and to love Him is the noblest happiness. It's the noblest occupation of the human mind and consequently, it's supreme happiness. So, therefore, man is created for eternal happiness, and he will infallibly attain it hereafter, unless by sin he renders himself unworthy of a so high destiny. So, sadly, the gospel declares that very few are saved due to many sins that are perpetrated by the human race. God made all things for his formal glory, which consists in the knowledge and love shown 
him by rational creatures. Irrational creatures cannot give formal glory to God directly, but they should assist rational. They should assist rational creatures in doing so. This they can do by manifesting God's perfection and by rendering other services. Willis rationale creatures should, by their own personal knowledge and love of God, refer and direct all creatures to Him as their last end. Therefore, every intelligent creature in general, and man in particular, is destined to know and love God forever, though he may forfeit eternal happiness by sin. God made all things, and God is in his infinite justice and holiness must give virtue its due reward but as experience teaches the virtuous do not obtain a sufficient reward here hence they will be recompensed hereafter and the reward must be everlasting since the soul is immortal nor can it be surpassed that the soul is in the next life must merit her continuance and happiness by a continued series of combats for this would be repugnant to all the tendencies of desires of human nature. God, in his wisdom, must set on the mortal law a sanction su sufficiently appropriate and infectious, infectious. But unless each man is rewarded according to the measure of his God works, such a sanction cannot be said to exist. Mere infliction and of punishment for sin would be insufficient. In any case, reward for good deeds is the best means of inspiring zeal for virtue. Nature itself teaches us to reward virtue and other whenever we can, and to hope for a reward of our own good, actions for the supreme ruler of the universe, that the reward not being given here will be given hereafter. God has implanted in the heart of man a love of virtue and a love of happiness. Consequently, God, because of his wisdom, must be rewarding virtue, establish perfect harmony between these two tendencies. But such a harmony is not established in this life. Therefore, it will be brought about in the next. In heaven, the just will see God by direct intuition, clearly and directly. Here on earth, we have no immediate perception of God. We see Him but indirectly in the mirror of creation. We get our first indirect knowledge from creatures, and then, by reasoning from there, from these, we ascend to a knowledge of God according to the imperfect likeness which creatures bear to their Creator. But in doing so, we proceed at, to a large extent by the way of, of negation. By removing the divine being, the imperfections proper to creatures. In heaven, however, no creature will stand between God and the soul. He himself will be the immediate objection of its vision. Scripture and theology tell us that the blessed see God face to face. And because this vision is immediate and direct, it is also exceedingly clear and distinct. The blessed see God, no merely according to the measure of his likeness, imperfectly reflected in creature, creation, but they see him as he he is after the manner of his own being that the blessed see god is a dogma of faith expressly defined by benedict 
who divine that the souls of all the saints in heaven have seen and do set the divine essence by direction uh, by direct intuition and face to face in such wise that nothing created intervenes as an object of vision but the divine essence presents itself to the immediate gaze unveiled clearly and openly moreover that in this vision they enjoy the divine essence and that in virtue of the vision and the enjoyment they're truly blessed and possess eternal life and eternal rest it's radically redesigned with zero gravity seats, a quilted leather interior, and it has the most standard safety features in its class. So, no compromise then. Okay. Refuse to compromise with the all-new Nissan Sentra. Ward segmentation, 2020 Sentra versus latest in-market economy compact class competitors. See owner's manual for safety information. Availability of features varied by vehicle model year, model, trim level package. The Lord says, you cannot lose my love and affection towards you. I've seen every. Action you will ever take. And I stay right here. Right there. I say that right now. And I'm not beating you up for your sins or mistakes. See, it's already washed whiter than snow. Come to me for restoration and reconciliation. I'll clean you up and give you a new hope that will not be tainted by the trials that will come. I plan to grow your heart larger and larger so that my love can pour out of you to a loss of a dying world. You're the one they've been waiting for. You carry my light and goodness more than you realize. It's time to make a decision to step out of the pit that the enemy keeps placing you in and never return. It's in your mind that he attacks you. You have my truth in you to combat the lies from those illegitimate voices. He can stir the hornet's nest against you, but you have a choice in how you deal with it. Do not fall into old patterns that have served you nothing good. Come to me and I'll show you a better way to defeat his schemes. You're safe in my arms. I see through my lens and you will overcome everything before you. I've crowned you victorious before the foundations. You will be nothing less than what I've spoken. replenished hope. Does following Christ mean that you'll have a bland and denied life? Will it be boring? Will religion teach you that for sure? Did I say you were not to have favor and blessings at every bend in the road? I didn't think so. Why would I spend time making paradise for you if I was just going to let you live a life of trash. Is the human race something that I'm trying to throw out or save? When you think I'm enjoying the calamity that befalls you, then you will continue to walk in that lifestyle. What you believe is what you attract to. Your world lens is shaped by how you see my actions 
in your life. So take a hammer to that lens last that you be dragged away by the enemy. I'm only for you and never against you. I have only plans to prosper your life, not to see harm come your way. If I wanted nothing to do with mankind, I would not have sent my son to take your punishment. In wrath for all of the sins, he died for one and all, not just a handful of those who sin less than others. So stop thinking that there's a difference. I love you completely. I want you with me on your good days and the days that you fall short on. See, I will align what the needs that need to be to come together. I will align what needs come together. So keep your hope alive even when the dark days come. It's always the darkest before the dawn. I've not forgotten your petitions. All is set before me. Let me do the work that needs to be done. And trust that I have come with all that is on your heart. Watch and see all that I do for your honor and favor. Your heart moves my heart. What you care about enables my hand to do the miraculous on your behalf. So never stop no matter what rises against you. Even when time slips through your fingers, I am faithful to bring about the prayer to those that you leave behind. Generational blessings are not forgotten blessings. They are great prayers that have gathered decades of interest and when they hit their target, many more lives will be changed for my glory and honor. Think beyond the needs of today and for tomorrow's blessings are being stored up through what you do this very moment. You sow hardy seeds in ways that you have not paid attention to, and I will repay your faithfulness. There are no limits set before you. I will come through.